Hey there, folks. Welcome to episode 17 of the What the Futures podcast. I hope you're having a great day wherever you're tuning in from. It's been a bit of a week here uh, for myself. I'm recording Thursday evening, which is much later than usual. I've got my uh, wonderful glass of Gibsons uh, to help me uh, get through today's recording. It is just wonderful after a very busy week. Of course, uh, episode 17 is brought to you by John Deere. There is, there's a whole new John Deere lineup. I'm sure you saw it on X this week down at Commodity Classic. But a whole new John Deere lineup that's out right now. New tractors, new combines. There's a new air car too. All with built-in intelligence that keeps getting smarter. Check them out at johndeere.ca. What a week uh, by the folks over at John Deere. I was actually supposed to attend Commodity Classic. It was in, it's well, it was on the bucket list, number one, and uh, it was on the calendar as well. But uh, I, I, my travels took me a little bit uh, far and wide here and uh, just couldn't swing all the travels. So Commodity Classic, I'm coming for you in, in 2025. Write it down. I'm going to be there. Uh, all right, uh, a little bit of a shorter episode uh, for you guys today, I, I think, uh, you know, after the week we've had here, uh, we put two episodes out last Friday, uh, the one with Christy with Rebellion Farms, and we talked about the, the slow-paying grain company, and uh, they sent me an email, and uh, I'm, I'm going to just talk about that here in a sec. But we had that, we had our, our usual episode, and then, of course, uh, on Monday, put out the, uh, the, the Spotlight special with Ray Bouchard of AgI3. Uh, you can check him out at agi3.ai. That is the uh, risk management platform, um, yield-based crop insurance is one of the offerings over there. And to, to be honest, folks, um, in the private crop insurance world, it is hectic right now. Um, I'm not saying this as a, a sales pitch, um, but for eating our veggies, uh, one of my, um, one of my things for this week is, is reviewing your, your risk management strategies. And that may include, uh, some of your insurance programs. I know those tuning in from Alberta, you haven't seen your AFSC, uh, documents. You won't see them for a while yet. Um, but Manitoba's had theirs for, for quite some time here, uh, over a month now. And Saskatchewan's got their uh, their what if scenarios. If you log into the platform, and from a private insurance side, it, it is full out hair back, hundred miles an hour, and uh, and they're busy, folks. They're busy. And if you haven't already, again, if you're looking for risk management strategies in 2024, I strongly encourage you to check out agi3.ai. Send them a note. Uh, someone from the team. Full disclosure: that's where I work. You know, during the day, uh, where I'm I'm hanging my hat. Um, there's a lot there to look at, a lot of things to check out, and I strongly encourage you uh, to do so here at this time. Uh, today's episode, I've got Dustin Dinwiddie joining me from UPL as well. I I'm super excited uh, about UPL and getting partnered uh, with those folks here. Uh, over the next couple months. So there'll be a lot more to come, but uh, Dustin's going to kick us off here with a, a short interview uh, in today's episode. 
Uh, we've got uh, a mailbag, which just absolutely blew up. The mailbag, it, it felt like I was getting letters from kids at, at, at Christmas almost. Like the, the mailbox went from absolutely dead. I put my mom on the show last week, her, her podcast debut, Marlon Travel Agent Extraordinaire. And then boom, like, I don't know whatever she said just sparked with you guys or what, but the mailbox just blew open and, and it was questions like all over the map. A lot of them were about financials and the high cost of production. And uh, I, I brought in Daryl with Connexus Credit Union to talk about that. But unfortunately, our my internet connection uh, was kind of giving out throughout that recording. So we're going to have to give it another go. Um, and I threw some doozies at him because you threw them at me, folks. And I, like I told you, I'll bring in the experts to talk about them. So Daryl might have to do either a special episode next week or we'll fit him in uh, to next week's episode. But uh, I'll just say, folks, step one, very first step, sit down and figure out your cost of production. I'm getting questions about, uh, you know, how do, how do I save money? You know, where do I cut costs? And I completely understand that. Um, but I just strongly encourage you to make sure that you know your numbers, number one, and, and then work from that. Because if you know your numbers, then you can have a discussion with your accountant or with your financial advisor or, or lender about what stands out. What stands out as being high or higher? I don't have access to that information. Your accountant will, and your financial advisors will as well. And they can help guide you on what looks high, what looks low, um, you know, things to consider for, for saving money. And uh, Daryl and I had a great chat. I wish I could get it on this episode. Uh, he's got some great tips in there. So I'll, I'll make a point of re-recording here and getting that, getting that on uh, next, week's, uh, next week's show. Uh, before we get to uh, some uh, some hot topics here and, and some crop price updates, again, folks, I'm going to keep this one to about uh, half an hour here, maybe a bit less even. I think, uh, you know, we've gone a, an hour on some of these episodes lately and uh, certainly like to shorten it up just a little bit at times. And uh, with the week I've had here, uh, the busyness, uh, it's, it's yeah, a good episode to do that. So, of course, folks, I uh, appreciate uh, all the, the emails. I haven't had a chance to respond to all of them yet. I appreciate the comments on YouTube or on our social media feeds. Um, they're all fantastic, and, and I really appreciate the, uh, the interaction. Again, folks, you have an opportunity to drive the show here just a little bit, and uh, asking those questions certainly, uh, certainly can do that. Uh, with the podcast, uh, well, a couple things. Uh, of course, follow us on all social media channels. Uh, next week, I'll launch uh, kind of our March initiative uh, when it comes to getting your name entered uh, to potentially win a trip for two to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, it's basically going to involve you uh, reaching out to friends and neighbors and, and having them tune into the podcast. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but I'm going to be, uh, Tuesday, I'm actually going to be down at the Crop Management Network uh, conference 
so they are uh, a crop input retailer uh, with, I don't know if there's any locations in Saskatchewan, actually. It might be all Alberta, but this meeting uh, is in Camrose, Alberta. It's a great uh, conference. They've got, uh, I know Sean Haney with Real Ag is one of the speakers. I think they have three uh, speakers, main speakers. There's also a bit of a trade show there. I'll be hanging out there at the Ag I3 booth. Uh, but if you are in the cameras region on Tuesday, I think it goes from like 10 to 4, or 10 to 5. Uh, they're going to uh, give you a good meal. There's going to be some great people there. And of course, I'll be there as well. So you can come say hi to me. Uh, but you can go and, and, and email them. It's rsvp at uh, cmn.ag. So that's rsvp at cmn. So cropmanagementnetwork.ag. And I know they had a few spots left. So come hang out with those folks for the day. We had James Mitchell on an episode a couple of weeks ago, and I'm going to have to get him back on. I'm going to try to, he's going to be busy that day, but I'm going to try to corner him with my mini microphone. Uh, I don't have it here, but I've got these little miniature microphones and I'm going to try to corner him because the fertilizer market's making another move higher after urea kind of relaxed here the last month or so. Uh, it took a jump. Uh, this week and FOSS took uh, a pretty big jump and the situation is looking a little bit uh, fragile when it comes to getting FOSS on farm in time. So if you honestly folks if you haven't booked your FOSS yet um, and you planned on using it here for the spring of 24 uh, get after it. I know we talked about it a lot already um, but I would not hesitate anymore. I would certainly get my my ducks in a row on that. And, um, you know, I, I was chatting with a grower here earlier today and, uh, you know, they got a uh, text from their retail, you know, like a week ago or something like that, a couple weeks ago now maybe. And the the retail said, hey, you know, we view this as as the last time to basically buy before prices climb and uh, expect prices to hold firm and climb into spring, which is pretty normal, and uh, not to expect a decline until that late June, July uh, inventory. I don't know if you call it a write-off, not a write-off scenario, but uh, quite often we get those um, those better opportunities to buy fern in that time. So, uh, folks, I again, I'm not an expert in this. The information is there for you to think about and potentially use but um yeah get after it on on the first side but come hang out crop management network event on tuesday i'll be at the egg i3 booth um all right hot topic for this week well if you tuned into the episode with christy and again i want to thank christy for for joining in and so in that episode we we talked about eggfinity and Christie's scenario of slow payment and, and changing terms. Okay. And I, I did get a, a message from a grower uh, after the episode uh, voicing some uh, frustration as well. Uh, but I also got uh, an email here. I'll see if I can find it. But I got an email from Eggfinity. And um, what I want to say here, I won't really read it word for word. Um, but I, I do view this as a, as a sincere, uh, email that I received from them. Number one, they, they did take the opportunity to, to email the show and provide some additional context and, and they, they 
are talking about their situation that um, has been frustrating and they are working diligently uh, through these scenarios and, and working to catch up and nearing a resolution on on these outstanding issues. And so the, um, uh, the kind of the main gentleman there, his name is Joseph, and, and part of the email here was, uh, you know, they were saying to, to if you were one of these growers and you're, and you're facing some of these challenges, just to reach out to them and, and have a conversation and they'll help you get a plan in place or they'll help, you know, provide some additional uh, clarity. And so they are operating there as business as, as you know, not usual, but they are writing new contracts and stuff like that. That's continuing, um, but they are working to regain uh, and work on their reputation and the trust from growers. So I like I, you know, when I look at this, um, it, it uh, to reach out to me, they certainly didn't have to do that, um, but to reach out and to you know word this email and, and spend the time to proactively communicate is a good sign. And I just encourage you, if you've done business with Agfinity and you have questions, to reach out to those folks and have that discussion with them. Um, you know, I again, I chat with farms all the time here, and um, you know, we we're, were chatting through a few different scenarios. It's not great across the prairies uh, when it comes to you know financial situations. I even heard um, a pretty uh, famous U.S. crop marketing advisor guy you know he said in the u.s if you haven't sold your corn and your beans yet you've lost uh you know you've you're taking on a, a loss here in, from the 2023 crop so whatever you grew in 23 if you haven't sold it yet you're selling it at a loss today and so you know you can look at the folks involved in the industry you can look at farms we know it's tough tough slugging out there we hope there's uh, resources, assets, cash to use yet. Um, but margins are not great in 2024. 2025 looks to be potentially a little bit worse and 2026 could be extremely difficult. But also the uh, it, it resonates in on the other side too. If it's an equipment dealer or a, or a, um, a retail or a grain buyer, like it, it does no one is necessarily isolated completely from it. So um, I just noticed there's a few other grain companies or or end users where things have slowed down a little bit. And and I think, you know, if you're listening to this, my message is just to, um, you know, make, make sure that you're, you're having those conversations with your buyers and the companies you're communicating with know your terms and conditions, uh, know when to expect payment, check to see if they're bonded, um, make sure you're comfortable with everything. And, you know, I don't want to pick on any new startups out there that are just saying, hey, day, today's day one, we're, we're a fresh company buying grain across the prairies. But, it, you know, you got to be cautious right now because economically it's it's tough going out there for a lot of folks and uh, we want to see everybody succeed. So for, for Agfinity, um, Again, I think this is a positive step uh, forward, and uh, and hopefully uh, 
that translates to growers uh, that are owed money and they get uh, a plan in place and get paid up in a timely fashion. Um, normally, folks, when when these scenarios have presented themselves in the past, nobody answers the phone or responds to an email or opens the door when you go knocking. And, you know, uh, they did send an email. They are answering their phones. And, um, yeah, I just wanted to, to put that out there as well. All right. Um, okay. My, my other hot topic for this week is just going to, again, to, to risk management. And, um, you know, I, I so our farm, we, again, I'm, I'm not saying this stuff so that you guys think that our farm knows what the heck we're doing. Because we have plenty of challenges like everybody else, right? But it's it's the easiest thing for me to to reference back to. And when I make mistakes and we make mistakes, uh, you're probably going to hear about them more often than not. Uh, hopefully we can help other people learn from them. Um, but for, for this week, and this is eating your veggies as well, but we've been like hunkered down reviewing our our options when it comes to um, crop insurance. So we farm in Saskatchewan, we got our Saskatchewan package pleasantly surprised by the price of canola north of $15. Uh, so pretty happy with that. We got a little yield boost as well. Our 22 yields came in. So that's good. The The premium's up, but the overall package, you know, it, it it's, it is what it is, but kind of pleasantly surprised. Uh, but we still fall short in a few areas on covering our cost of production. And so canola is fine, um, but barley, our, our yield index, we're fairly new barley growers, so yield is a little bit lower than what we would like to see. So we're a little shy there. We're a little bit shy on our wheat. Uh, I think um, lots of farms are across the prairies. And our coverage on peas is a little bit shy as well. Um, it's it's not it's closer, but still a little bit shy there. So, so for us, we've been looking at all sorts of scenarios, and um, and again, folks, it uh, it may not seem hectic out there from a crop insurance side, but it is gangbusters. And and when you look at uh, private insurance products, the, these are you know, businesses that the way the industry works is they have limited capacity. It, it's, it's just the way it, it works when, when there's, uh, you, you know, everyone wishes they had maximum capacity, but as they get going, it, it, it is limited capacity. And there are going to be people on the outside looking in and saying, shoot, why didn't I get behind it? And I know you, you guys are going to listen and say, ah, oh, he works for those guys. That's why he's saying all this. Honestly, folks, you can have a conversation with anybody at the Ag I3 office. You're not going to get a pushy salesperson at all. Um, I just want you, from a podcast perspective and a farming perspective, if you want to seek out uh, additional risk management strategies with crop insurance, you, ha you have to get after it now. Otherwise, you will be on the outside looking in. All right. So uh, it just, it's been a busy week. And uh I hope that translates okay uh, for those tuning in. Um, yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, I don't have any egg headlines for this week. I uh, I know you guys get those elsewhere. But um, anyways, I'm going to jump to just a couple of crop price updates. Um, uh, number one, yellow peas. Are you guys seeing what I'm seeing? A little bit of uh, 
eleven dollars delivered ten fifty picked up on farm with act of god that's out there as well that's new crop yellow peas folks you know what to do with that one secure the bag get after it get a little bit priced in there if you're a yellow pea grower let's say you grow like peas and you're and you're growing maybe some feed barley wheat canola and you you didn't get any wheat or canola done um this is your chance to do a little bit of crop marketing to help boost your confidence level a little bit. Just get a little bit of something sold just to remember how it feels to forward sell and to get going uh, on this. You're, you're insured. Saskatchewan, you're insured at, uh, geez, what was it? Nine, nine and a bit. Alberta's high eighths. Like, you know, you can go and secure some decent margin opportunity on yellow peas. So go and, make that phone call and start to build up your confidence again because you are going to sell canola here one day and i'm going to talk about futures in a second uh from there uh, maple peas new crop maple peas uh hit 18 dollars picked up on farm with act of god so that's a little uptick there as well on those maples and uh i wanted to mention uh ray glenn they put out a great weekly little market commentary you guys can check it out as well it's just right on the website uh, but they also talked about um, barley, uh, 1 million ton carryover, up 35% year over year. And I know that barley looks good from a crop insurance perspective. Um, but wherever where corn kind of travels, barley will travel uh, for price. And there's quite a bit of supply around. Just something to keep in mind for your crop planning for 2024. I I just can't get too bold up on on barley here at, at this time now i do have some positive news if we just switch to futures for a second i'm not i don't know that all the technical jargon and all the fancy words and all the big phrases to say but i know that the smart people were excited about the corn market and a potential turnaround in in corn futures this week and, and what i'm excited about and here's where i was wrong folks i gotta put my hand up i was wrong maybe take a sip I thought canola by March 15th would, would hit 515, 515. And what I've seen out of the canola market is that futures are going, well, we're trading fairly sideways now, and we're challenging the 20-day moving average. Um, but we were going down, so we were dropping, uh, how do I say it? Not as fast, right? Not as severe. So we started to, to slow down on the sell-off. And, uh, you know, full disclosure, I own canola puts. And for my plan, I'll be exiting those here in probably the next week, uh, getting out of those puts. So I want to tell you guys, you know, if we, uh, oh, shoot, I didn't do my positive moments yet. Um, maybe this canola market's turning around here just a little bit. I, I like, I, I'm not going to get, overly bullish like i'm not saying canola is going from 13 to 16 dollars but the future side of this market um hey in in next week's episode i might be talking about a little bit of a a rally the the rally cry might be on here a little bit like we'll see but i'm starting to feel a little bit good i'm actually going to take you know i'm a little bit nervous about my canola put so you know Take that for what it's worth. I could be completely wrong, but I was wrong about the 515. It's not 
you know, knock on wood, doesn't seem to want to go there. Maybe it's 550 or 560 as a support line. But here we go, folks. We might be catching our, our bounce. All right. Uh, okay. Um, what else do I have for prices? Uh, eating our veggies. So again, review your, your risk management and private insurance plan. That's number one. Number two, sell some yellow peas. Just talked about that. And, and number three, in portions of the prairies, I hate that these words are going to come out of my mouth, but I'm not bullish canola basis. Like not a whole bunch. Like there's a bit of export demand to China. That's great. Crushers are going to fill in that May position and pay a bit for that. That's great. But I just wonder if we need to grab some of that basis. And you got to be disciplined. Oh, you got to be disciplined, folks, on the future side. Don't just do it and, you know, throw a Hail Mary and say, I'm not pricing this till July. The market's going to scream. Don't do that. But maybe consider if there's a basis premium in your yard, in your area, in your backyard. Ah, shoot. I hate saying this, but maybe you got to lock that up. All right. I might edit it out of the, out of the episode yet, but that's what I'll say for now. Uh, okay, folks. What we'll do... Um, I'm going to bring in Dustin Dinwiddie with UPL. He's going to uh, share a little bit of what they got going on over there. Then I'm going to come back. We are going to draw for a bag of canola seed from Pioneer Seeds, pick our winner. So many questions came in uh, for the mailbag. And then I'll end the episode with my positive moments of, uh, of the week. Okay, so a little bit backwards here for episode 17. Here's Dustin. All right, folks, I have Dustin Dinwiddie with UPL joining me on this wonderful day. Dustin, how's your day going? Yeah, it's going pretty good, Ryan. Thanks for thanks for allowing us on the show. You bet. Uh, so I know you're, you're broadcasting. Um, what part of Saskatchewan are you in? I am in the, we live just south of the booming metropolis of Lemberg, Saskatchewan, which is, yeah. I would say, probably 30 miles east of Indian Head, if that's... Puts it on a little bit more on the map well, for people. Getting a little bigger there, you bet. <laughs> Good stuff. Do you guys get the snow here uh, the last couple of days? Yeah, wonderfully. It's uh, it's blizzarding outside right now, which is very welcome. Nice to have some some old stuff on the ground. The uh, I record in in the I call it the shop, but it's the second garage, right? And uh, I got my boots on right now. I got my winter boots on, and it, it was up to my knees making my trek across here. So the commute into the studio was uh, a little treacherous today. Um, all right. So Dustin, I got a funny story to kick us off. Well, I think it's a funny story. So, uh, so back in the day, I used to do grain marketing. All right, I used to do a little bit of consulting, and. Uh, your, your family's, your, you guys are heavily into to agriculture. And I, I believe your dad <laughs> works at the John Deere dealership in Vegreville, correct? Well, he used to. He's yeah. actually censored, but just, yeah, a couple of years ago, okay. retired. Okay. All right. So this is back in like 2015. All right. So I'm, I'm starting off on my own and I made these little posters. All right. I don't know if I whatever staples i got this poster i'm a grain marketing person and i'm trying to tack these things up all over northeast alberta okay yeah like walk into the dealership and most places looked at me and like just looked at the door and like and we're like get out of here okay um but i walk into the dealership and the coffee machine has the 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 board behind it and and your dad says yeah no problem put a sign up but come see me in my office after I'm like, well, okay. I put my sign up and 
walk into his office and he's like, okay, what's your background? Well, farm kid from Saskatchewan doing grain marketing, blah, blah, blah. He's like, okay, cool. He's like, um, well, if that doesn't work out, why don't you come work for me? <laughs> and it was like a, a off the cuff job proposal uh, at, the, at the deer dealership. So that, that's my story of your dad. So uh, I thought that was pretty. Yeah, neat. I believe it. Yeah, I never the grain market thing kind of worked out for me, so I never went back to take him up on that job. But yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Um, so we've known each other for for a little bit as well. Um, give us uh, just a little bit of your intro, your background, what you're all about. Yeah, sure. So thank you. I, uh, yeah, that's, that's a quite a, probably a quite telling story about, uh, about, about my family. So, um, but yeah, born and raised in Vegreville and, uh, and that's obviously where, where we crossed paths, right. Kind of, um, I was just leaving Cargill and, uh, from a, from a sales job and, and you're, I think just kind of coming into a grain marketing setup. So crossed over with a lot of customers and, and, uh, have really, appreciated your insight over the years. So from there, I uh, went to work for a company called Arista as a sales rep and uh, met my wife, um, who was actually from Saskatchewan, from Lemberg. And uh, we got married and and decided to move uh, to Saskatchewan. So we've been mm-hmm. here for, uh, I guess we've been here for nine years already. Holy moly. Wow. How yeah. time flies. Yeah. So I've worked for Arista for a long time. Arista became um, became UPL in 2019, 2018, 2018, I think. Um, so really the same people in Canada, the same products in Canada, a few more, few more products, but, but, uh, changed names and, uh, and UPL isn't a very well-known name okay. within the Canadian yeah. market for sure. Um, you know, I think if you'd ask anybody, probably very few of them would know who UPL is, but surprisingly, Something that that we learned going from Little Arista to UPL is that UPL is actually the fifth largest chem company in the world. So not a huge presence in Canada, but big mm-hmm. in the global side of things. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. A little bit more about us. We we my wife farms with her uh, her brother and her dad, and I farm a little bit too. But but her um, that's what she does every day. We farm about sixty five hundred acres of uh, of grainland. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, we have three little kids. We have uh, an eight-year-old, a uh, six-year-old, and a four-year-old. So nice. We're not. Nice. Yeah, we're always running around something. So yeah, things are good. Perfect. That's Perfect. great. Um, so when, like, I think of of Arista. Like, I think of Arista. I think of a product like Everest. I think maybe in my backyard was uh, a pretty big area for Everest back in the day. Yeah. That's how I would think of it anyway. Um, yeah. Where did UPL come from? Like where, where's UP, UPL's roots? Yeah, sure. So UPL is an Indian, uh, based and owned, um, chem- chemistry company. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and they bought, they bought Arista for a couple of reasons, but, uh, one of them was for their suite of, of chemistry around the world. But the other one was actually for their biological side of the business too, that they're starting to really heavily invest in. Um, so you'll, you'll start to see more of that come out of, out of UPL from a Canadian standpoint in the next few years. So we've actually, we have one, we have two out. We have, uh, we have wave, which is, um, it's a biostimulant and really it's for stress of things like, uh, it works really well within canola and, and peas. So if you think okay. of stress, um, you know, we usually we'd spray those kind of products before the stress would come. So, 
uh, think of drought stress, right? Or think of, you know, whatever kind of stress you can you can throw at, a, at the crop, um, WAVE helps mitigate that. And, it, and it's, it's, it's derived from natural seedling dust tracks, actually. And uh, I'm not smart enough to get into all of what's going on in there, but, um, but we are quite <laughs> yeah. excited. And, uh, and it's showing really well in, in trial data and, 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 you know, starting to gain a bit of a bit of traction in the, in the market. So, but you're right. I mean, Arista was known and for really the Everest company, right? People called it the Everest company for years. Cause that was the big, that was the big uh, chemistry that we sold. So yeah. you, you know, yeah. UPL now by, by Everest still. Rancona Trio, which is a pretty popular seed treatment that we have. We've been working really hard at, at gaining share there. Yep. And then more recently, yep. um, one of the things that actually came over from UP from the UPL side when when they bought Arista was was Interline, so glufosinate. And so so that's become a big um, a big molecule for us, and and obviously a, a pretty well known brand name over the past few years with yeah, uh, definitely in the market, yeah. yeah. Yeah, once you say that, they, they all ring a bell ring for a bell. me. Um, yeah. But I would, yeah, <laughs> I would struggle to associate them with UPL, but they all ring a bell for me for sure, especially Interline and Racona. So awesome. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we got a little bit of, of what you guys have here um, mm -hmm. in your suite of products. Anything new on the horizon that you guys are excited about here for 2024? Yeah. Uh, for sure. So there's a few. Um, I'll talk about a couple of them maybe quickly, but one I really want to hone in on, which is battalion, and I'll, I'll maybe come back to that. Um, but we're changing how we're going to do clethrum a little bit. In the So it used to be that clethrum was so select, or centurion also it's known by, um, would be like a two jugs in a box. And so we've switched to a one jug solution or a one drum solution. So we're quite excited about that. We're calling it select one. Uh, we're also adding though another uh, product to that kind of that 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 mainstay of products, and it's going to be called Select Plus, and so it's going to actually have clethrum in it, which is you know is what we're talking about with with uh, for for wild oak control, but it's also going to have quizalifop in it, and that's really good for things like uh, foxtail barley, for example, would be a really good strong spot there. Okay. Uh, Wave already talked about a little bit. We're you know we're we're putting a lot of focus on that. And then obviously battalion two, which I would like to talk a little bit more about if we if we can today. But sure. Sure. it's really exciting uh, to us. Yeah, Th those would be the big three that we're really focused on as we move into the twenty twenty four growing year. So what what's getting you excited about battalion? What what's that one all about? Yeah, so battalion battalion we got registered right before Christmas. Um, so it's it's been a long time coming. We've been we've been quite excited about this one for a few years. And uh, basically, it is, it it's a, it, it's going to do a lot of things, but it's 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 got four active ingredients in one jug, and so it's a broad spectrum uh, product for for wheat. Okay. Um, really, in the black soil zone, in the dark brown is where, really where it's going to fit. And um, but we're, what we're excited about is it's going to bring a lot of ease of use and a lot of time savings to the to the grower. So it's got four active ingredients. It's got flucarbazone, which obviously is Everest. It's got fluoroxapir, which is a group four, MCA, which is a group four, and bromoxanol. And so it's uh, so it's got it's got three modes of action, and it's got two spectrums of control. So it'll control your wild oats and your and your grass seed, but it's also going to control your broadleaf weeds, and it's all in one jug, which is really nice. I mean, lots of times 
you know, we've we've sold Everest for a number of years and it's and it's worked well. But, you know, the grower always has to add more jugs and make a tank mix. And sometimes yep. the trip is pretty yep. full with that. Right. Um, this is a lot simpler and a lot easier and, and really a lot quicker, which is which is going to be, a I think, a game changer for us. So we we actually brought Battalion to market in two, 2019. Okay. And we were really excited about it, and we had some we had some formulation troubles trying to jam so many things into that jug. Uh, we had some problems with it coming out of the jug, and some of your I think some of your your some of the people that you that you used to grain market for I know were some of the people who had trouble with it. So okay, so those yeah. guys. Um, but we're really excited about bringing it back, and it took a few years to get that right and to get the chemistry figured out properly. But it will not fail now, and I, and I can say that with 100% assurance because I've frozen it, and thought it, and and uh, and poured it out myself to make sure that it's it's not gonna, it's not gonna give us trouble. So we're we're quite excited about about Battalion. I think it's gonna have a huge spot on a on a spray trailer. It's gonna it's gonna bring that the flushing control of Everest, and then also really a lot of nice stuff about the on the broadleaf side. So it'll be good. Yeah, yeah, you bet. I. Uh... You know, I think I my brother usually at spray season has a couple of big markers and recipes yep. all written out on boxes everywhere, and uh, and making sure that the sprayer operators got the right recipe going on and all that. So this sounds like it might be just a little bit easier at times if it's all one all in one jug. So it sounds good. Yeah, uh, no big time. All right, Dustin, I appreciate you joining me today. Anything else that you want to touch on at UPL? You guys got anything uh, coming up? Any any deadlines, events, anything like that? I think there's just a couple of things. I I uh, you know we were at the, all the big farm shows over the last couple of months. Yeah. Um, we're gonna try to do some uh, some smaller grower things, uh, maybe a little bit more dynamic and and uh, and in place over the next couple of months. So kind of stay tuned for that. If anybody has any questions, I would say, you know, um, feel free to drop any of us a line. I think that probably the easiest way to do that would be to um, to go to the website, to our website, which is upl-ltd.com slash CA. And from there, you can find your rep locator um, okay. or, or look, for, you know, a looker at any of the text sheets or anything that we talked about. Um, yeah, I, I think I, I think that that's probably all I'd want to say, and, and uh, just really appreciate the time today, and and really appreciate your show, Ryan. So thank you for that. You bet. Well, appreciate you coming on and uh, and connecting, and um, I'm, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more from UPL here as 2024 moves on. So uh, yeah, enjoy the snow out there, and we'll be in touch soon. Yeah, sounds good, man. Thanks. All right, thanks Dustin for for joining the show. I'm I'm just I'm super excited. UPLs uh we're just uh working through some details, but they're stepping up to to join the show here. So I'm super pumped uh, to have them uh on board here moving moving forward. We got lots of exciting things uh, uh coming up. Now, all right. Uh I'm going to spin the wheel of winning here while I uh record I don't think you guys can hear this, but anyway, there's, there it goes. Um, so lots of questions came in, uh, the mailbag, which is sponsored by Pioneer Seeds, the great agency of our seeds since November. Uh, we had Matt was our winner at the podcast launch party. Uh, Brad was our winner in, uh, in December. In January, it was Christopher. 
and uh and now we got a february winner here as well and um robert robert guys geese guys from barhead alberta uh he was wondering uh what the outlook was on faba beans and i promise folks i'm going to answer more mailbag questions in short order but uh he was asking about the faba bean market now robert um I appreciate the question in regards to faba beans. And faba beans are a crop that I have struggled uh, to market uh, in, my, in my career, which is not what you want to hear for an answer right off the bat. But um, there was a, a really strong success story. Uh, faba beans were a strong success story here in portions of the prairies in 2023. And I saw some phenomenal returns where folks got a tremendous yield and a tremendous price and it just turned out really really well for faba beans uh, for some of these farms now it's a bit of a smaller it's a smaller acre crop prairie wide you know we're talking about a hundred thousand acres you know not quite half and half in alberta and saskatchewan you've got an export market which has been kind of my uh, frustration the export market not that it comes and goes per se but if you have harvest the right quality at, at the right time, uh, it can turn out well. But it, it's a bit of a niche crop. Uh, demand isn't always available. And it can be a little bit frustrating to deal with at times. Now, if it's going into the feed market, it's a little bit more consistent. Um, but you're, you're going to see a, a substantial discount over that export market. And so what I would say is that like all commodities you know, generally speaking, that the trend here for everything into 2025 is lower than where we're at today. So if, Robert, if someone's offering you a price, like you're insured in Alberta, I think it's um, Jeepers, was it $9 a bushel? I think it was $9 a bushel for Fabas. You know, if someone's going to come at you with like a 12 or a 13 or a 14 to get started uh, with that tight supply from last year, then you're going to want to take a hard look at that with Act of God and, and get some pretty heavy contracting done. Because, you know, even though some crops can stand out on their own from a margin perspective and, and can hold their own, the trend for the commod for commodities is lower. And I it wouldn't surprise me to see a little rebound in acreage. And with that, uh, just, uh, you know, a little bit lower price trend as well. And I think that whatever you get offered today and i tried to get some quotes from buyers for faba beans i had no success here as of february 29th um no success yet on on bids um but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if that's your best contract of the year when it comes to those fabas okay lots of things can happen on a small acre crop like faba beans um i don't know that you're looking for more direction than that but that's about all i can say on it here at this time uh, so Robert is our winner of our Pioneer Canola Seed for the month of February. So congratulations, Robert. I'm going to send you an email here in a, a few minutes and get you teed up with the folks at Tower Farms. Again, folks, if you entered a question, you are, you are entered to win a bag of canola seed. You are also still entered to win, potentially win that trip for two to Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, what the Futures Podcast sending you to Nashville. Uh, so keep sending them in. I'm going to do my best to get them answered. I'm going to try to answer more 
at some point next week i might do like a live episode and answer them or 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 maybe something on x or i don't know what but i got to get more of these questions answered and uh daryl with connexus is going to join me as well and he's going to join me and answer some of the financial ones um Again, internet connection was our, our struggle. All right. Um, positive moments of the week. Ending the show backwards. Uh, my wife and I, positive moment, the only one I think for this week. We went on, so we have two kids, right? We have Willa, who's three, and we have Finn, who uh, is just over a year old. And we went on our first date since Finn was born, our first date where we left the kids with the babysitter. Okay. Abigail's the name of our babysitter. We uh, we had left them with family before on one occasion, um, and we went out to dinner. But we were FaceTiming our daughter pretty much half the time. It, it didn't go that well. Anyway, um, this time we went to a movie. This was the first movie I've seen in theater since uh, since Top Gun. So whenever that came out. Uh, the not the old Top Gun, but the new one. Um, so I think it's been a while, right, since my last movie. And we had a great afternoon, and uh, and a nice little dinner. And uh, the kids did phenomenal. They did phenomenal. They love the babysitter. Um, you know, can't wait for the next one. And uh, the kids were were pumped. So, uh, so we got to go on our first like adult date. Uh, with the kids uh, under the the uh, watchful eye of the babysitter, so that was fantastic. That's my positive moment uh, for the week. Um, okay, folks, that's it for episode seventeen. I know it's a bit of a mishmash here um, for this one, but thanks for tuning in. I appreciate all your listens and your ears. And uh, for now, I'm out. <laughs>